Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Rambling Viking Podcast, and today I'm going to document for you my personal kung flu experience. And for those of you who maybe don't know what I'm referring to, it would be the Chinese coronavirus, aka COVID-19, aka the Wu flu. Yes, I'm not overly sensitive to those names because some of them are funny, and it's fine. Uh, There are some not-so-nice names, but... Simply stating it's from China is not racist, just to establish that. But yes, I know that some of you have probably heard through just slight mentions a couple episodes back that yes, I had uh, had caught COVID. And before you jumped to any conclusions, no, I wasn't being reckless. It just happened. And as is my current belief is that there's a decent level of inevitability behind this virus whether you mask social distance or not people still seem to be getting it so i think that's not something that was ever going to be stopped unless we were all able to go into hobbit holes and for i don't know at least a year and not come out but even then i wouldn't be surprised if it somehow magically spread here we go though yeah i uh, it's been a few weeks it's been a couple weeks now but for me it was a special christmas present from the world that I get uh, COVID. Fortunately, all my personal Christmas stuff, I did have to miss one thing, but it wasn't on Christmas Eve or Christmas this year. I didn't have anything. So that was nice. That was a relief. I got to do Christmas stuff prior to, and so I I wasn't really missing out on anything. I didn't have anything going on those days. I was just going to relax. So it worked out. But yeah, I I caught it. I had it, I'm going to say for like a day and a half to two days in terms of like total time because I got it in the evening on the back half of Christmas Eve and some symptoms lingered kind of through the 26th and then uh, then the following week it was more just like a, a lingering stopped up nose and but we'll get into the details and I'll, I'll document exactly what happened so <clears throat> don't know exactly where I got it and that's something that I think a lot of people face uh, my dad then the week the following week he got it and I had zero contact with him <clears throat> in the in the in that week or the week before and so it wasn't from me it wasn't from myself uh, he had no idea but he caught it and I think that's kind of a hard truth that a lot of times you know we want to point to you know it was this specific event and or that specific thing and it's like Sometimes there are things that are more indicative of like, mm, probably caught it from there, right? But other times, it's it's like total mystery. I mean, as far as I know, I could have caught it at Home Depot. I could have caught it when I like, you know, out running errands. I could have caught it uh, from a, technically, I guess, uh, from a coworker, uh, even though I'm not really even going into work. But I could have caught it, you know, a number of different places. It is just out there, right? And we kind of never know, and that's something we have to accept, something I'm all right with. And for me, too, it was always a not an if, but more a when I get this, right? I was honestly, to be honest, I was fully anticipating getting it at some point, and I didn't think I could dodge it for forever. I did a pretty darn good job, you know, making it almost to the end of the year, and then a Christmas miracle happened, and I got it, so... Yeah, we'll we'll start we'll start with uh, the eve of Christmas. I was at home, and late in the afternoon, I'd say around dinner time, I had started to feel 
what I can best describe as foggy in the head. And it's it wasn't a woozy, it wasn't a headache, it wasn't it it wasn't, you know, dizziness. It was just like I felt almost like one step removed from myself. Kind of like a dream state feeling. You know how sometimes you are yourself but also kind of watching yourself or you or you're not, you know, fully in control in your dream. It's kind of what it felt like, right? And I just felt weird. I was like, man, this is funky. Well, and this I learned this after the fact. But then I proceeded to get explosive diarrhea. And I'm sorry I didn't prep you with saying this <laughs> this part was uh, a little bit more not uh, a little bit more explicit, but <laughs> we're not we're not we're not uh, too far removed from toilet humor on this. So, yeah, ex- and not not in the sense of, you know, a lot of times we're going to dive way too deep into this specific part. Right. A lot of times, you know, you'll your bowels will get a little upset every now and again. Everyone experiences it. And it's like, OK, you know, oh, I ate this thing or I tried this new food or I had some extra spicy thing or whatever, I I switched this up, you know, and like, you can kind of trace it. This was not one of those times. This was one of those times where it's like, uh, you know, things aren't just, things are just a little off. This was, I sat down and it was like someone had put melted chocolate in a trumpet and then proceeded to blow through it as hard as they could. And like in the end of a trumpet and just, that's what it was like. And it was a couple stents. It was pretty brutal. And I was like, dad gum, but I really honestly didn't think much of it. I was just like, ah, there's no sign of it, right? Nothing, nothing going on. And, and also that evening I started to develop a slight, slight itch in my throat, but nothing alarming because it is that time of year where the air is dry. And guess what? Sometimes you may wake up and have a little tickle in your throat. I know we've all experienced it, right? Well, then that led me to, <laughs> I, uh, well, fast forward a little bit later in the evening and I'm still just feeling, I'm like, eh. Well, my wife gets home and I'm talking to her and I'm like, yeah, I just had, you know, I tell her about kind of what happened and, and how I soiled our toilet and it probably needs to, I need to ask, I need to go say, I'm sorry, um, probably buy it some, some flowers or something like that because what I did was just vile to it. And she looks at me and goes, you know, that diarrhea is actually a sign of COVID. And I said, you are flipping kidding me. Hold on. And sure enough, I looked at all the symptoms, which by the way, the symptoms are so like widespread. There are such, there's such a range of symptoms that you can get. It's kind of bonkers. Like that's what, and I think that's what in part has made this so hard to pin down is that it's, it's such a wide range of symptoms and a wide range of severity because it's not only dependent upon, you know, necessarily how healthy you are, but I think how much of the virus gets in your system, how much is able to take hold. And there's just so many, because I mean, you're seeing, we, we know disproportionately is more severe on immunocompromised people and people with serious comorbidities, which generally are our older population. Right. But even then it's like amongst people of my demographic, young, healthy, no real comorbidities, you, you, you end up seeing, you can see some people are like sick for a week. Some people are literally sick for a day. Some people just have a sniffle for a day or two and then bada bing, bada boom tested. Some people like me get explosive diarrhea. And you know, that's why I'm dubbing this a Christmas miracle. Now I know you're all saying a miracle. There's nothing more. How is this a miracle? I'm simply saying that a, it's a joke B miracle in the sense of it is just something miraculous. 
I ended up getting the explosive diarrhea strain of uh, COVID, right? Of course, of course it would. That's the one that I would get, right? I couldn't just get a little sore throat, little sneeze and be gone with it. I, I got, I got the, the porcelain choir, uh, you know, that's, it's just ridiculous. But uh, anyways, so then that leads me to kind of go, oh, oh no, um, here we go. Right. And so to list, sorry, I'm jumping back to something cause I almost forgot. I just pulled up the symptoms, right? Fever or chills, cough, shortness of breath or difficulty breathing, fatigue, muscle or body aches, headache, new loss of taste or smell, obvious, sore throat, congestion or runny nose, nausea or vomiting. Now let me pause right here. All of these minus, I would say the muscle or body aches are kind of tip, what I would call typical symptoms, right? Like everyone is familiar with it. You know, you kind of like, okay, okay, okay. And let's resume with the final one and what I would call the more surprising one, diarrhea. And there we go. That's your list of symptoms. That's the one I got. And I'll talk about my full symptoms in a minute. But back to what I was saying, right? So I get that and she tells me that and I go, mm, oh boy. And then I start thinking about it. I was like, well, this, this is kind of unexplained explosive diarrhea. This is nuclear here. So, and I was like, and I've been feeling a little foggy in the head, Ugh, a slight sore throat, but the sore throat still wasn't prevalent enough. I was like, all right, we're, you know, go to bed as normal and I'll see how I feel in the morning. Well, Merry Christmas to me, wake up Christmas morning to not having presents under the tree and the cookies and milk I left out for Santa partially eaten and drank, but full on COVID symptoms. It had only escalated. So Christmas Eve, it said hello there in a Obi-Wan Kenobi style hello there and then in the morning it full-on surged to full strength and full force and I woke up with no fever but chills let me just stop there weirdest experience of my life right because everyone and their mom has had a fever before you know you get your chills right or a lot of times you can tell you're getting a fever because you start to get chills your temperature you're like it's kind of back and forth you're, you're chilly then all of a sudden you're warm and it's like what the heck I feel kind of hot but also like my skin feels cold I feel like I need a blanket and then you take your temperature and it's like all right you're running hot so you have a fever in my mind, I did not really realize that in just like a totally organic scenario, you could get chills without the fever, like consistent hardcore chills, not like, oh, it's a little bit, but like chills that normally would be indicative of like a 101, 102 fever, you know, I had no fever and heavy chills. So, I mean, I should have known out the out the get go. I was gonna get this crazy, unique, symptomatic experience as soon as the the, the explosive diarrhea and the fact that, that was a symptom came to fruition. But I, you know what? It was it was a lot going on. I was foggy in the head. Cut me some slack. <laughs> so I had chills. Head what I would dub heavy chills. I was the most chill. All right, not in the good way. <laughs> I didn't have a cough. I didn't have shortness of breath or difficulty breathing. I didn't have a cough outside of like the couple times that your sore throat catches air just right and you go, <clears throat> kind of cough, you know, or the physical kind of turn your head and cough. <clears throat> Sorry, ladies, that's uh, it's a, it's a dude joke, but I think we all get it, right? It wasn't like 
persistent coughing by any means. So don't count it, right? Didn't have a cough, no shortness of breath or difficulty breathing, which would have probably really thrown me for a loop. I did have fatigue, but I didn't notice it necessarily right away, right? Well, you have chills and other things going on. It's like, I'm not doing anything. I feel bad, right? And so the fatigue wasn't there. The fatigue was more present once I got over the, the heavy symptoms and, and I, later in the week, and we'll get to that. But muscle or body aches, another first for me. Like, I, you know, you have the flu and it's kind of like, ah, oh, my, you know, my body just doesn't feel right. And like, it's kind of, you're kind of stiff. Yeah. You know, we've all been there. This was like, I had noticeable pinpointed throbbing pain throughout the day in different areas of my body, mainly localized throughout my back. And that was crazy because first of all, I hadn't done anything to hurt my back. I hadn't lay, you know, slept wrong, but like, it was just like, Oh, this spot on my back all of a sudden feels like, I don't know, a disc is out of place or like I, I, you know, it's got a, I, I'm. I messed something up at the gym. I don't know. And it was, it was weird. Cause it would go, it would, you know, come and go. It would, it would hit me and be like, Oh, this hurts, this hurts, this hurts. And then it'd be gone. And I was like, not doing anything, just sitting there. So that was kind of crazy because I mean, I've been going to the gym every day regularly. And so it's like soreness. My body's used, to, I'm used to feeling slight aches and pains, but it, once again, kind of like going back to the diarrhea, it's like usually it can be traced back to something. These were totally untraceable. And the ironic thing is too, that these body aches then led to lingering like certain muscle tightness or just, um, issues that I'm, I'm honestly, one of them I'm still kind of getting over. It's kind of crazy, but yeah, muscle body aches. Fortunately, I didn't have a headache because that would have just added to it. But I did have, but I did have, uh, you know, the fogginess in the head, like I talked about. New loss of taste or smell. So this one I'm not fully clear on. I th- I did. I never lost taste. My taste was dampened, but that was only because I I did lose smell. Now. When exactly I lost smell is not totally clear because I was focused on other things. And so I wasn't thinking about, I can smell this or that. And then also, uh, starting the next day I got stopped up. Right. And so when you're stopped up, you don't smell anyway. So it's like, I don't think anything about it. And this is, this is where it's sneaky, right? Certain things are attached to other things, variables line up and you go, and you don't really think about it. And then once you actually start analyzing it and I try to sniff my supposedly extremely stinky dog who had rolled in some mud or something. And I, and I put my nose in her fur where it stunk and I didn't smell a thing. I was like, Oh, maybe this is legit, right? So I'm going to go ahead and take the leap of faith and say, yeah, I lost it that day, but I didn't realize it. Sore throat. Yes. That was one of my more noticeable symptoms. That is one of the first symptoms I woke up. Uh, I would have been that Friday morning on Christmas and my throat was sore. So that was a big one. Congestion or runny nose, not on Christmas. However, to come later foreshadowing. Nausea or vomiting? Thank goodness, no. I was only squirting out of one end. And and then lastly, diarrhea? Yes, but not on this day. I only had it the night before. I only had it on Christmas Eve as a precursor of foreshadowing, I guess. I don't know. And then all of a sudden, I didn't have it. Now, not to say like, you know, my bowels didn't, you know, my stomach, I didn't have stomach aches, but it, or, and it wasn't like nausea, but it was kind of like, Bubble guts, I guess, would be the yeah. It was it was, it was a very low key bubble guts, but it didn't come to actually. It didn't it didn't come out in any way, shape, or form. 
after that, right? Okay, so Christmas Day was brutal. Just uh, laying around, hanging around, not doing much. You know, obviously got on the vitamin regimen, which they recommend. So I'm, you know, we already have these one a days that have a lot, but then they were it's vitamin D, zinc, and then also baby aspirin because COVID has this weird tendency to cause clotting, and so what people do is like you, you need. You know what I've heard now. Let me just say I'm not a medical professional, and this stuff is not. I may not be totally spot on. This is what I'm getting, not from other people, from other people, some from the county health department, and some just from. You know, we've all kind of been hearing about the the remedies, right? So let me just make sure I foreshadow this: that like, do not take my personal experience that I'm simply fleshing out here as any sort of advice, um, or you know, true any sort of like medical truth here, but just going off of what I was told from what I would call reputable sources. So I got on the vitamin regimen and, and you know, something else I didn't notice. So they tell you to drink a lot of water. I was thirsty beyond belief realizing it now. I, so I have this cup that this little hydro flask that I mainly been drinking out of. And I was, I felt like I was refilling that every five minutes and chugging it down. And also when I was drinking, taking in the water, it was so satisfying, like twice as satisfying as it normally is. I would equate it to just like those times when you, when you, when you end up with like your, your super parched for a long time and you get that drink of water and it's just like, whoa, and it's just like everything is right in the world in that moment that that water is going down your throat. And that's what it felt like. But every time I was drinking and looking back on it, I realized I was drinking a crap ton of water. So moving forward, however, these symptoms would not hang around, but only last for about a day or so. That is most of them. The more severe ones, what I would call I, the body aches lingered through the next day. And I think that was because when you're, I think my body got in a state of body ache and I couldn't do anything. Couldn't, you know, was shut up in my room all day. And then, and then that it, it, it just, it was kind of like aftershocks is how I'd, I'd state it. But I go to bed that night. I sleep. Okay. I wake up and my throat is still sore. So what hung around was sore throat. My chills are gone. Fatigue, obviously, but that's, I mean, at this point, that's not a noticeable one. The body aches, basically gone. My body's like sore, but it's not like, like they were, it was a clear difference between what was happening on Christmas Day and what was happening the day after. And yes, I couldn't smell, but that was irrelevant. And then that day I would develop, the 26th of Saturday, I would develop congestion, meaning it would kind of shift. My sore throat by the end of the day was very minimal, but then all of a sudden I noticed that, oh, I sound, you know, you can hear yourself and tell I'm stopped up. I don't sound completely right. Well, that happened. And then going into Sunday, even more so. And I will say this too. I managed to, through a friend, I got a rapid test done. And I now since know that rapids, two things, some things about rapids. They are, yes, of course, less accurate because it's literally right in front of your face. It happens in like 15 seconds. You swab, put it, you, you put it in the solution, put some drops of the solution, and it's like pregnancy testing. You know, one line, you're clear. Two lines, you're, you're, you're sick. And so the thing that they will say is that if you don't have any symptoms and you, and you take a rapid, it's really hit or miss on whether it'll show positive or not. And so you could show positive, you could show negative, you could show, you could show negative and still technically be positive, but maybe just be very light to minimal to no symptoms at that point, right? Now, on the other hand of things, 
if it shows you as positive and you do have, let's just say, like even one of the symptoms, that's, you're sure, it's surefire, you are positive, right? And I mean, based on my symptoms, we were like, all right, look, I've never had fever without chills. There's nothing else that really brings that. This is, you know, the the, the, the random explosive diarrhea, right? The, the red, the random explosive diarrhea. We've all read before and it was code red. It was like, all right, I'm, I'm already pretty positive that I am positive. And then that came back positive. It was like, all right, here we go. But then I still said, you know, let's go get the traditional nose swap. And I did that the next day as well. And a couple of days later, you know, it came up positive. Big surprise there. Well, f- move on into Sunday. At this point, wake up Sunday, the 27th. I'm now two days removed. And I, sore throat is gone. C- gone totally. I have no chills. I don't have no uh, body aches. I am noticing that my nose is stopped up and then that potentially I'm not really paying attention, but that I don't really smell much. Right. And usually I'm, I'm somebody like, I like, I like my candles. I like my good smells and it just wasn't there. <clears throat> well, but I, but I am feeling better. Right. Well, I end up just kind of doing some things around the house, doing a couple little things every now and then. Well, I go to do something for like 20 minutes and then I stop. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm done doing this. And I'm thinking, you know, I've got a couple other things I, I was going to do. And I sit down and I just go, I'm tired. I know. Whoa. Like I need a second. And I was like, I need to sit down for like 20 minutes at least <laughs> recoup. And then I can do one thing. So then it, and that's when I noticed the fatigue. And this actually carried on probably through Tuesday or Wednesday, so the 29th or the 30th. And that's mainly because what what I believe, in my case at least, is that I it just takes a toll on your body internally, right? You maybe don't necessarily fully notice it, but I think it really takes a toll. And kudos to my body and my immune system. I always joke with people, I have a super strong immune system and it doesn't take no crap from anybody, not even COVID. Like, I mean, COVID came in, it it really got me for a day, but then we moved on, right? And it had some lingering effects, but I think that honestly wears you out. My dad, I'm not going to necessarily speak for him, but it's the same kind of boat, right? Well, so now at this point, and, I'll, and my nose is more running and more sneezing now. So congestion with sneezing, which awesome, great way to spread it, which fortunately no one else in my household came down with it, amazingly so. Now I do live with some people who uh, did have the first half of the vaccine, but also we were able to kind of quarantine for me and nobody got it. Thank the Lord. That was amazing and incredible, honestly. Well, so on Sunday, really all it was was fatigue, uh, congestion, which still I'm, I'm so congested that I'm not surprised I can't smell because you're freaking congested. Your nose doesn't work except to expel mucus and just cause you to sneeze. So that's what I'm dealing with. My wife loved that that day because all of a sudden, oh, guess what? You're sneezing everywhere? Oh, perfect. So now all that means is that you you are now super spreading it everywhere. You're, you're spreading just got worse. And then... You know, I'm not going to detail every single day after that, but basically for the next few days, how it was, was the congestion got a little worse or a little, little better every day. And I, I really wasn't sneezing. I sneezed for like a day and a half. And then it, I, it was maybe like, okay, I sneezed once or twice a day, still kind of stopped up. But it was, it was in that next like two, three day period where I realized one thing, I was very fatigued still. Secondly, I definitely could not smell. My congestion got better. My smell necessarily didn't. And here's the crazy part, right? I tell you, 
my wife sitting there's like this our dog smells so bad she stinks you wouldn't give her a bath and i'm like i don't know what you're talking about i don't smell anything now that happens occasionally right farts can be localized where it's like man that stinks you're like i don't smell it. and then all of a sudden you you can't it, it works it's, it diffuses its way over to your nostrils and your olfactory lets you know hey bro that's some beef stew we don't want nothing about that stinks well, this was not one of those cases. I then grabbed my dog and I put my face into her fur and I don't smell a daggum thing. And I go, oh crap, maybe, I guess I did fall into the camp of losing taste or smell. I mean, I could still taste, but definitely couldn't smell. It was crazy. It was weird, right? Because I, we, we all get stopped up. It's like, oh, I can't really smell anything. But this was, I don't know, this was on a just another level. It was kind of crazy. Well... That, that kind of lingered. The congestion got better, but that kind of lingered. And then the craziest thing to me is that like at one point, so I'm a power napper, meaning I'm 20 to 30 minutes, like 30 minutes is my cap. It's usually, you know, anywhere between 15 and 25 is probably my sweet spot and my average nap time. Well, yes, because have a nap time sometimes as an adult. It's okay. Well... I don't remember what day, but one of these days I lay down for a nap and I slept for an hour 40 hard and, and not in the sense of, you know, sometimes you nap and you're like, Oh, I can't get up. And you fall back asleep and you end up sleeping for an hour plus or whatever. And then you wake up groggy because you didn't do a full sleep cycle. And it's like, what the heck? I didn't need this. And it, it makes things harder. And so it makes that was bad nap, right? Nothing about this was bad nap. This was nothing but good and necessary nap. I woke up feeling Oh, I feel refreshed. I feel relaxed. I feel rested now. I didn't even realize I was that tired, but that was the next few days was just like, man, I'm just pooped. I need, I need break. I got to take breaks, still chugging the water. And it was wild. Right. And so, uh, I also, that that's, that's kind of my timeline of my experience uh, Kung flu fighting. And it was, uh, it was an experience, right? Like I said, it was, it was if, or it, it was when, not if. And, uh, I'm glad I'm through it. I will say this. Um, I feel invincible now. I'm kissing babies, kissing hands, doorknobs, eating food off the ground, uh, touching every door handle on cars in the parking lot. I can, you know, just trying to sit there and enjoy my freedom and immunity. I'm totally kidding. I'm still following all the precautions because, you know, unless I have a chain or a forehead stamp, it's like, you know, I fought COVID and I won, you know, don't worry about me. I'm good. Uh, not spreading, uh, you know, super COVID free over here. I don't know. I don't know. You know, something like that. I thought, I thought a chain would be cool. Just have a big fat chain. So when people are like, why aren't you wearing a mask? And I just hold up the chain and be like, bro, I've been through this. I don't need this. The mask is protecting you from me. I, you don't need that anymore. I'm out here. I fought it off. I'm locked and loaded. That thing is not getting me. I'm done. You know? And look, there's lots of uh, things up for debate as far as a certain time period of immunity and yada, yada, yada. I'm not here to get into that. We're having fun. Casual. So if you find yourself finch, clenching your fist right now, feeling a little angry at me like I'm irresponsible, it's a joke, people. We're joking. But you listen to this podcast, so you already probably are on that same wavelength. But uh, on that note, that's perfect time to kind of transition into talking about I uh, so. As a part of this, and I don't know if this is for everybody, I'm assuming they're trying to do it for as many people as they can, but probably don't have enough people to call. So once I tested positive 
in the system. I got a call from the the health department, basically just asking me all the standard questions, right? Asking me what my symptoms were when they started, how was it feeling then, yada, 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 giving me protocols, telling me, hey, you need to isolate. You should also let people know if you've been in close contact because you can be, so basically 48 hours prior to symptoms, you are contagious. So Wahoo, another just another great wrench in the system that COVID can throw at people is that like, guess what? You didn't even know it. You were, you were out here spreading, you contagious godless Jezebel out here spreading it, you spreading. And it's like, what are you supposed to do about that? What are you supposed to, I mean, wear a mask, socially distance and be careful. And then when you get symptoms, be like, oh, hopefully I wasn't around anybody two days before. Like literally no idea. Sneak attack to the max right there. All right. That's like a, that's, that is, it sucks is what it is. Right. Fortunately, I mean, I wasn't really around people or anything like that. And so took precautions and it was fine. Well, Another thing that that I found out that was new info to me that I did not realize and I think is very pertinent for a lot of a, a, lot, a lot of things and, and definitely good to know and then also led me to have further questions was they told me that so I if you don't know the CDC doesn't recommend recommend that after you test positive and after you go through your ten it's ten day quarantine period and our symptom so the two criteria is 10 days and then be symptom be fever free for 3 days or i think also there's symptom free for 24 hours and then you're free and clear you're not contagious anymore however they do not recommend getting tested and this is what the county told me they do not recommend testing post that period because for the next three months, you will be shedding the virus. So basically, you have remnants. You killed this thing off, but but all the dead, the battle is won. But all the dead still are on the battlefield, enemies dead included, and need to get cleaned up so we can go back to normal. And so that's what's happening. You have the virus basically hanging out in your in your system still, and will still be picked up by tests showing you as positive which is basically saying hey we found our we found the mrna we found the rna for the virus in your system still but that's kind of all it's telling you is that guess what you so it's there but this is a you're shedding the virus is what they call it basically you're you're slow you're working over the next it takes about three months up to three months, I should say, and for you to shed the virus out of your system. And so this is why the CD going up to the CDC, you know, the highest authority, the one that everyone's looking to, to get all the guidelines and recommendations that are, are continually changing because that is the nature of science folks. Uh, sorry. Couldn't help taking that subtle shot, but you know, that is their recommendation is that because in light of that, guess what? You can still show a positive test or show being positive for that three month period up to 90 days. Meaning if you're in a situation where you're like, Hey, I want to, okay, I'm over, you know, I passed my quarantine. I want to go, you know, you would think that like, all right, once it's done, you go, you test and it's like, I'm free and clear. That is not how these tests works. That is not how the situation works. Once again, throwing a wrench in the system, you can show positive, which I think could 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 end up being troublesome if you're in a situation where someone wants you to show you're negative, even though you're three weeks out from the day ten, and and or we'll just say we're, you know say you get to day ten and then three weeks later, you're like hey so you know you have something that requires you to get a positive or a negative test, you go and you get tested and you show up positive, and then 
that leaves people saying, you're still positive. Ah, watch out. No, the science we have dictates that, yes, you will still show positive, but no, you are not what I would call actively positive. It's really a false positive. And so that's, you want to talk about a predicament, right? Because common sense would say is like, yeah, okay, you're, you're, so you're positive for this period of time. Like you, you're actively, you have it. And then once you're over it, you'll test negative and it's fine. Well, sadly, that's not how this is all panning out based on the tests we have, based on how the virus operates, yada, yada, yada. So, but, but I, I found that very interesting also could be problematic in certain scenarios. Now, what this led me to think is, all right. So I go and get my positive test and then say I end up, you know, testing, getting, getting more tests further down the road. And over that three month period, I show three more positive tests. Super big question I have is when it comes to counting and tallying, and I haven't done a ton of research or been able to find this out. So I'm really more just posing the question, which if you have pertinent information to this or a source or something like that, please send it in the rambling Viking at gmail.com or text it in 580-789-9258. Please send it in the show. I would love to see it because I'm genuinely curious about this, but are, are my subsequent positive tests because they obviously, when, when you submit all your tests, they get your information and that's how they contact you. So there's certain channels that they know that like we can reach you there, you know, cause when you get into medical stuff. There's lots of HIPAA things and there, you have to be very particular about what you can and can't do. And so I'm not familiar with where those lines are drawn and where the, where the fences are for this, for this process. But my question then became, okay, because I'll tell you I'm more, you know, um, if I come up positive three times in a three month period and only one of those or three more times, so four times in a three-month period, but only the first one was actually truly a positive. The rest were post-symptom and quarantine. Are those three counted? Are they counted in the in the tally? So essentially, could I, by myself, account for four positive cases recorded? And that's something that worries with, with how many tests and, and the reporting and how we have to stay on top of it. My concern is that, because look, I've already heard stories, and I'm sure you have too, of people getting called saying, Hey, you were positive. And they're like, I didn't even get tested. You've people getting called and, uh, told they were positive. Uh, Elon Musk did that one where he took the, he took the same test, I think three times in a day and two were, two were negative. One was positive. And it's like, what is going on here? You know? And what are those various, what are those factors? I don't know what they are. Just basically what I'm getting at is as always, there are always going to be things that fall through the cracks. There's going to be problems in the systems. And I think some of them are more prevalent in this scenario because it is because of the context of it being a global pandemic. Now, uh, so that's why I bring up that question. And then that concerns me because where we live in Oklahoma, it's, you know, we're setting records every day and things like that. And I'm thinking, okay, if there's a bunch of people who, for whatever reason, you know, have to go and get, um, you know, whether it's returning to work or just family wants to do, I don't know, whatever it may be, they want, they're going and getting subsequent tests on whether on their own volition or by somebody else's uh, mandate. And they're showing positive are though, this is a huge question for that, that I have honest person. Are those being counted again? Or is it, is there some way that it's like this person, like they have my name and my info and it's like, all right, you got tested on this date, came back positive and it came back positive. And then you got tested again on this date and it was still positive. But then are they taking into account this was post 10 days or whatever, or which I doubt they are because I doubt you're looking at that closely. I bet I feel like it's probably just, oh, positive test, still positive, send it in. 
And now the real question is, are they saying I'm still positive? So I am still, that is still only one positive case or are they just looking at, ah, tested positive, boom, add it to the tally because we know that there have been, there's that study that came out of Johns Hopkins a few months ago saying there are technically there, there are no, there's not a significant amount of more death in 2020 than there was in 2019, which is eye opening. And we can get into the specific, but we do know that classification of COVID deaths, they've been, unlike any other disease ever, they've been more, um, they've been more quick to classify things as a COVID death. And for multiple to multitude of reasons, I think, and I think it's been a problem because you see, you see people who maybe are dying of cancer, get COVID and then they die, but they were already terminal. And it's like, what did you die of? You died of COVID. You also had a terminal cancer. It's like. And, and then you, or in you, or even you just came up positive for it and it's like, hold on. So, you know, there, there's questions around, uh, maybe over, over, over classification when it comes to, um, we've seen where, where, where it comes to reporting, uh, deaths. And so then this leads me to think, is there a problem too with reporting caseload? Now I will say the way that you kind of check that is you look at your house, your hospital load, right? And hospitals are pretty loaded right now in a lot of places. And so I'd say, look, for the most part, it's legitimate 80, 90, 95% legitimate. But you know, my hope is that it's at like a 95, it's like a, a statistical analysis where it's like a 95% confidence interval, meaning 95% certain there's only 5% of doubt. And that would make me feel more comfortable, but it's, but if it's 70%, you know, and it's like, hold on, this is, you know, you got 30% of, of these cases are repeat tests where people are just showing they're in that shedding period, that 90 day period of shedding the virus, just showing positive. And I don't know where it all stands and I'm not really here to try to provide any answers. I just wanted to tell my story, flesh out everything I've learned from it. And, you know, just remind people stay safe. And also you never know when you're going to get it. And I, I mean, masks and social distancing aren't totally foolproof. This thing is still managed to spread and just don't be that person that is very dogmatic about the masks, meaning so-and-so is not wearing a mask. You're killing everybody because two things can be true at once. Yes. Wearing a mask helps. It is not foolproof though. And you shouldn't demonize though, because guess what? We've been masking largely since like May of last year. And so we're going on eight months now of solid, like masking and social distancing protocols. And this thing's still here, still spreading, still going through. And you may say, well, it's people not following them or it's you know violating lockdowns. And I think a big part of that is in people are sick of these, uh, of the, how much, how many policies and things feel so and are so arbitrary about certain lockdowns and also coming to the, you know, finding out that all of a sudden the who changed their mind and said, lockdowns are bad. Don't do it. And it's just like, what in the world is happening? The ever changing science, you know, you go back to the whole timeline and basically I chalk it up says, sounds like a global pandemic to me where we don't take it. We don't know what's going on. It seems to be localized in China early on. Then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we've got a couple cases spreading here. And then you have, Italy and Spain blow up and end up in triage situations. And then all of a sudden the U S is blown up. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was like, all right, we need to get these tests. We need to do this. And then they're like, hold on. Don't everybody don't wear masks. Then wear masks. And then it's like, all right, now social distancing. We locked down two weeks to slow the spread, turn into 10 months to slow the spread. And guess what? It's still spreading and it's still resurging. And 
we're here, right? We're here. So I would love to know if you have had COVID, what has been your personal experience with it? And if you, uh, or if you haven't, what are your thoughts on anything and everything? Uh, just because I, I think it's important. I mean, my, 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 like I said, my dad had it. He's over it. He's, he was good. Thankfully, very thankful for that. And my, my mom and my sister didn't get it. Uh, no one else in my family ended up getting it. And I'm very thankful for that. But, you know, what was your experience? Do you know where you got it? What were your symptoms like? Did you catch, <laughs> did you catch the, the, uh, the version that, the, the, what I'll call the sugar-free, Har- the Haribo sugar-free version like I caught with uh, leading off with explosive diarrhea, which is basically the firing gun or the cannon to, uh, set, to start off the, <laughs> the, the game, if you will, to use a sports analogy. It's like, hey, we shoot the cannon to let us know that like, Hey, the game's starting. And that's, that's what it was for me. But I can't believe I just did 40 minutes on this. I thought it was going to be like 25 minutes, but as you know, me, I am a rambling Viking and boy, can I ramble. And I also feel though that, you know, going back to something way back when now we're so diluted with streaming services too, but podcasting, you know, everybody in their mom has a podcast. And I want to thank you, especially seriously for list for choosing to listen to mine. I know there's only a few of you out there, but I appreciate those of you who come back and listen episode after episode and give me that time and allow me that time to be in your ears. And it it honestly means so much. I I do this purely as a hobby. I'm not necessarily to make it big. I wouldn't be complaining if I did, you know, make it big and up with some listener base, but I'm just a dude out here just speaking my thoughts, trying to put something out in the conversation, trying to, to get my thoughts out this way. So my wife doesn't get annoyed with me and I don't get pent up rambles and, uh, thank you so much. And so don't forget to send in anything and everything. And if you haven't ever emailed in or texted into the show, I want to get to know those of you who are consistent listeners. If, if I already don't know you, obviously, you know, we have, we have Connor who who is on the podcast. We have Josh who's on the podcast and they listen to most of them, but uh, there's a few, there's, there's some more of you out there that I don't really know. So I would love to just hear from you. uh, Maybe learn a little about who you are. I'm not asking you to give me, you know, all your information, tell me your name and stuff like that, but just, just an, a quick note and let me know if you like the show, if there's anything you want to hear me talk about or anything you want to cover, or uh, if you do want to give me your thoughts on anything and everything related to uh, the Kung Flu fighting that we are all going through right now. So uh, that's where I'm in today's show, though. Cut it off, sub 45 minutes. And uh, that was my experience. So once again, it's the rambling Viking at gmail.com or 580-789-9258. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next time.